All right, man. We're recording. Take three. Go. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. This, of course, your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Your Denver Nuggets in sixth place out west with a 36-28 and 28 record. They can hold on to that sixth seed one of two ways, by winning their final two games or by having the Dallas Mavericks drop their final game coupled with a Denver Nuggets win in one of their final two. Nuggets went 2-1 and one last week, a loss at home against the Los Angeles Clippers, a win on the road in Phoenix, and a win at home against the Orlando Magic. Two games coming up to finish the season, starting tomorrow night in Oklahoma City against the Thunder, and Thursday, April 26th, also on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Your Colorado Rockies are in third place in the Western Division with an 8-7 and seven record. Finished their homestand against the Padres with a 2-1 and one series victory. Hit the road in Milwaukee where they won that series 2-1. to one. Traveled to Pittsburgh. First game was postponed. They're playing right now as we speak. And this weekend they'll be back at Coors Field starting Friday, April 27th for three games against the New York Mets. Homestand. You Denver Broncos, sad news today. Well, it actually happened a couple days ago, but Brian Dawkins announced that he is going to retire from the NFL. That is your Colorado Sports Week in Review. Ross Martin, let's start the show. All right. Welcome to the podcast, episode number 38. I'm Ross Martin, and as always, from denverstiffs.com, Nate Timmons is here. People of the interwebs, how are you tonight? Ross Martin, how are you doing over there? My co-host, the producer of this uh, Fast and Furious podcast. Weekly internet radio sports talk show? I like to say Fast and Furious. On on demand? Yes. It is Fast and Furious. I'm Weekly on-demand podcast radio show on demand. I'm doing good, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Today, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the Nuggets. Who would we rather play as fans? Maybe who would we rather watch? Maybe it's who would we rather see the Nuggets have the best chance at beating? We'll get into that. In the postseason, of course. Of course, yes. yes. In the postseason, as the Nuggets have in the last week, locked in that playoff spot. Yet, there is still some seating to be decided we're also going to talk about how the uh, nba rookie of the year is decided and if one of our favorite nuggets has an opportunity to win that and then we're going to talk about the broncos with brian dawkins news here and uh, also about who the broncos will draft on thursday is that yeah, when the draft thursday, starts man. on thursday very soon april so, 26th but uh we also want to uh, remind everybody before we get into uh all of the chit chatting that uh, you should send us an email and our email address is show at Colorado sports guys.com. We're loving the feedback. I am going to, I won't read the email, but I will address something that happened last week. Uh, I, have, I have some apologies to make on behalf of our podcast. Nice. So we'll uh, do that. So <laughs> in addition to emailing us your uh, hate mail or uh, love letters, like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter at C O L O sports guys. And then, of course, our voicemail. Call us and leave a message, 720-722-1274. Again, 720-722-1274. Beat me to it. Yes, and uh, we're available uh, to listen on Stitcher, which is a very cool app for your smartphone where you can download this app, and then you can find all sorts of cool stuff to listen to, including us. And if you haven't used Stitcher before and you'd like to, go ahead and go to stitcher.com slash C-O-L-O sports guys and then enter in our promo code C-O-L-O sports guys. All that will do is enter you to win $100. I got to believe that's kind of a pretty easy 100 bucks to win. Yeah. Right. How many people are even using this thing? 
I don't know. I'm going to sign up after the show, though. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're on iTunes, of course. Uh, we <laughs> recently changed one of our uh, categories. We did indeed. Yes, yeah, we're we no were. longer professionals. We're no longer professionals. <laughs> we felt like that was misleading. Yeah. So no more subcategories on that. Um, and of course, you can find links. Find links to all this at coloradosportsguys.com. Little instruction here. For most of you listening, just go ahead and silence the podcast or skip ahead 20 seconds because obviously the majority of you are intelligent enough to listen to our podcast. It's not quite as easy as turning on the radio, but there's some people still having a problem. If you want to listen to it on your computer, go to coloradosportsguys.com. The most recent episode is always in the upper right-hand corner. Just click the player, and if you want to listen to back episodes on your computer, each episode show notes has a player embedded in there. It is actually very, very simple. Yes. I don't know why people are having problems with this. An embedded player. That makes sense to me. Yes, embedded. Press play. About as smart as a bag of doorknobs. And if you uh, still are just having problems and it's cutting out, feel free to email us, show at coloradosportsguys.com, and... uh, We'll walk you through it. Yes. Um, so, again, find us at ColoradoSportsGuys.com, Stitcher iTunes, call us, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Before we talk about sports, Nate Timmons, what's up with you, man? How you doing? Uh, I got bit by a cat over the weekend. Pretty sure that my right leg is going to fall off at some point. Yeah, they uh, have venom or dander or something. <laughs> yeah, is it venom? I think it's like a version of venom. Uh, it's is brutal. It, it's is itchy. It, is it good when... Uh, the area gets kind of red and swollen and sore. Is that bad? <laughs> I, th- I think that's part of the healing process. Okay, that's good. It's your body. It's a natural reaction. That's good. How long has it been? Uh, just since Sunday. Sunday and afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're probably fine. Okay. Yeah. I'm just hoping that I don't get, like, rabies. The cats have yeah, rabies. Yeah, well, you probably have rabies. I mean, yeah. but that's too late now. Yeah. So when the lockjaw comes and I can't do the podcast anymore, you'll know why. It'll make it uh, me firing you a lot easier. <laughs> we'll make it that way. Yeah. And hopefully if I go berserk in the studio, I can just jump out the window to my demise. Yes. So that would be easy. Several stories above the beautiful streets of downtown Denver here in the CSG studio. <laughs> uh, other than that, I don't I don't know. I am still uh, still have not seen the Hunger Games. And that's <laughs> still it's going. killing me uh, day by day. Game I don't by, know. I'm just we kidding. We'll take it day by day, game by game. <laughs> yeah, we get up there someday. We see the Hunger Games. Other days we do nice. Uh, it's okay. I'm really sad right now. Yes, if I had, um, of course, that is the impression of Willie Tavares. Yes, and if I had him as my spokesman, that's exactly what I would be saying. Um, heartbroken about it. I may just have to go by myself because. <laughs> Do it, man. Apparently, the Carlos Sports Guy's girlfriend, Carlos Sports Guy girlfriend, does not uh, particularly care about seeing that movie. I don't well, know. Well, it would be the Carlos Sports girlfriend. Carlos Sports girlfriend, yes. Yeah. I got to somehow. CS, the CSG. Somehow I have to trick her into going to that movie, I think. Yeah, that's cool. I'll figure that out some way. Because I fine. tricked her into going out with me, so I can trick her into at least going to see that movie, I bet. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds good. What about you, man? You got any uh, anything more interesting going on besides uh, cat bites and not being able to see a teeny bopper movie? It's <laughs> <That is laughs> exciting. First of all, before I uh, I had I had a very interesting sports experience this weekend, one which I've never had before. But before I go into that, I have some apologies to make. Okay, dear Colorado Springs, I apologize. <laughs> I did not mean those things I said to you. I did. You did. I meant it. I didn't, and we had we had some la- uh, some backlash. <laughs> we had some emails. People were people were not that you know. They were like kind of like, well, this is why we hate Denver's because you guys are so arrogant. And it's like, well, before that, you would have just you know probably denied hating Denver, acting like you don't care. But now the truth of the matter is, you do hate us. Do we perhaps hear from a? I can I venture to say maybe a, a Matt in Colorado Springs? He was one happy. of them, yeah. <laughs> Matt in Colorado Springs, which sucks because he's one of our best listeners. Yes. He's always interacting, he's sending active. us emails. He never really sends us negative stuff. No. He goes, but he did, and it was very, he said, he said it's okay, we're used to it down here. Oh, yeah. It's like, buck up. This is why we're mistreating you. The redhead stepchildren down there. Yeah. Used to the beatings. Yeah, so, but anyway. Yeah. Cospo, 
Love you down there. It's a great city. <laughs> nice. Great city. Carlos Springs. <laughs> Carlos Springs. Or Carlos Springs, maybe. The Colorado Springs sports guys. <laughs> That's us. So anyway, Colorado Springs, apologize. Love you guys for sure. So we'll be down to visit you very soon. Now, moving on. Went to a Colorado Rapids game over the weekend. I thought you were going to say maybe you watched uh, UFC 145 in Atlanta, which I did, at Haters Bar downtown. Haters? Right next to the sports column. It's oh. getting just as popular for UFC fights, but I did see John Jones once again defend his title against another aging fighter in Richard Evans. Wait, wait, wait. John Jones is not an aging fighter. No, but Richard Evans. You said Evans. he won it against another aging fighter. Oh, I said once again, as in he beat Rampage. Oh, I see. He beat Shogun so, for the title, and now he's... John Bones Jones are just putting up against old people? Well, he's yeah, he's just taking out older older gentlemen. And then uh, older, if you want to say 32 is old, which is terrifying to think of. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw him uh, defend his title once again, and... What kind of a place is Haters? It sounds like a really, really horrible place to go. Sounds like a weird name for a, for a sports bar. It used to be uh, Public House, if you're familiar with yep. that area at all. Yep. Yeah, and it's basically the exact same as Public House with a different name. Same bar set up in there. They got some nice screens in there. A couple, uh, I think they have some of those uh, uh, basketball shooting games. Pop a shot. <laughs> I mm-hmm. couldn't think of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, nice little sports bar, pretty decent food. I, one of my friends there, for some reason, ordered a salad and a white wine. Uh, Josh, if you're listening in Denver, that was embarrassing. Still don't know why he did that. You're like, oh, I was, was hungry. He, was he trying to show you up or something? Well, he's a cyclist, so I don't know if it had to do with his, like, some kind of diet he may be on for cycling season. I don't know. And not, Ugh, a, not a steroid cyclist. cyclist. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Josh, get a new hobby. Yeah. And you're ruining everybody's life. If your hobby forces you to eat an iceberg salad at a sports bar with a white wine to follow it to wash it down, maybe you should find new hobbies. You should find a new hobby because that is not a hobby. No. It's that's what children do. Yes. Children ride bicycles. Yes. Children ride bicycles. You know what else they do? Eat salad. They play soccer. Drink white wine. Children play soccer. They do. All of them play soccer. Every single one of them. Eventually, as one grows older, (laughs) they stop playing soccer and they play sports that require more skill. Or physical strength. I went to the Rapids game (laughs) on Saturday. How did you get suckered into this? Like, How did you get tickets and then actually say, okay, Okay. I'll make the commitment to go? I got a buddy. Good buddy. One of my uh, absolute best buddies in the whole world. He is a lifetime soccer player. Yeah. He's now 31. I have a couple of those. And he's been playing soccer since he was, I don't know, when you start playing soccer, four? Yeah. Do you know what I do now that I did when I was four? Uh, yeah, probably uh, eat your boogers. You probably <laughs> finger paint on the wall. <laughs> I, I do pick my nose, but no, I don't eat the boogers. I, I stopped that part. But yeah, that's what I do. That was it. This is it. Picking nose. That's the only thing I do now that's the same as when I was four. Yeah. Now, what if I was sock? I mean, sock. Okay. So anyway, he was playing actually in uh, Dick Sporting Goods Park. Oh, he plays for the, the Rapids. No, no, no. After. He was playing this international game where this Colorado semi-pro team that he's on was playing this international game against Bosnia Herzegovina. Okay. And so that's kind of cool. So uh, yeah, so he was like, "Come on down, uh, watch the game before, and then you know stick around and watch me play." And uh, I was like, "Of course, sure." So what do they serve at Dick's Sporting Goods Park? Salads and white wine. <laughs> Salads and white wine. <laughs> um, no, it's a lot of uh, you know a lot of stadium fare. It's not that way. It was my first time at the stadium. I thought I'd been there before because I'd been to some concerts out there, but not in the stadium. I didn't realize there was a stadium. It's not like a huge. It's not just a field. Yeah, You're actually, in I was stadium. out on the field. I didn't even realize that there was like an actual stadium. It's kind of like a miniature stadium out there. Is it nice? Really, pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's small. It's tiny. And uh, but anyway, we we're sitting third row, and and I was amazed at how many people were there. I was. I left 
here to get up there with 20 minutes before the game started and i thought i'd just pull in park get up there and i was stuck on quebec just in this long line of people and actually i was driving down our arrogance can be very funny (laughs) well i was driving down quebec wondering why all these people were in the right lane just kind of stopped there must be an accident yeah and i was like oh these idiots they're trying to get to the post office or something then i realized oh my god they're waiting to get into the stadium so i had to do one of those uh things where you kind of drive all the way past and cut in oh yeah i love that it's a good move it is a good move it's it's uh something that i I don't do often you know i don't like to be a dick but when i got about a mile into this line and there's another mile to go and my wife was sitting shotgun she's like oh now you're gonna be a dick aren't you and cut in yeah and i was gonna do that but i was like you know what if i'm gonna be a dick i might as well be a dick yeah just go all the way to the end so i went all the way to the end and I, I pulled in and got good parking. It was great. Walked up. Stadium was okay. I mean, it's whatever. Then I sat there and I watched the stupidest. Do they serve beer and food in they there? They do serve beer. Sorry, yeah. I, I could care. I, I care about everything else besides the actual game. I, <laughs> well, I noticed you were, you were starting to talk about that, so I was trying to avoid it. Yeah, they serve, they serve some beer. <laughs> they serve pretty good beer, nachos and whatnot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, watching the game, and, and I'm like kind of blown away that this place is sold out. There wasn't an empty seat to see. And then I'm sitting third row. Grass looks beautiful, by the way. And I'm like, oh, man, that's David Beckham. That's why people came. Ah. David Beckham was in town. And that explained everything because people are dumb and they like to go watch some idiot go play a stupid sport because he's famous. So if they were playing another team, that wouldn't have been that full. I am sure it is never full. I mean, I guarantee you. Okay. Yeah. And that that had to have been it. Yeah. And I'm watching this game and I'm watching this sport and I was a little... Kind of, uh, I've watched some soccer on TV before, and I've watched the World Cup, and the guys seem, you know, kind of just like little, just kind of like, you know, little bitches or whatever. And then I'm looking at these guys, and I'm like, man, these guys are actually kind of big dudes. Like, you know, the goalie was right there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of a big guy. Like, yeah. but then you sit there and you watch, and this is so this talked about so much. They this whole flopping thing that they do. In soccer, where they just get brushed and they fall over and Are they roll Are you sure you wanted a Nuggets game? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And it occurred to me that there's a European arrogance or a worldwide arrogance about soccer. And, and Americans are looked down upon by fans of soccer because we don't get it. And they say things like, we don't have, you know, we don't just don't understand the game. And, you know, we don't have the attention span to enjoy the competition and, and all this stuff. And the bottom line is, no, that's not it. We just don't care. It's a horrible sport. Yeah, There's no honor in this sport. There's none. No. And not only that, is it's, it's like uh, it, it, all the sports we like to watch are like an evolved version of a sport that happened or occurred, you know, a long time ago. And people who were playing soccer, you know, 100 years ago, at some point, Probably Americans said, you know what we should do? We should pick this ball up and throw it, and that would be better. <laughs> you know, And then like we'll uh, introduce some other rules and implement strategy into this game yeah. as opposed to just randomly kicking the ball without aiming it and then just hoping it gets into a goal because there's like no – Instead of allowing you to dribble all the way there and make it into the goal, I'm going to tackle your ass. Yes, it went from like soccer. I think it was probably soccer was some derivation of some old African rock-kicking sport where they just kicked a rock for hundreds of miles. I think that exists, by the way, but I'm guessing I really do. Look it up. And then, and then, and then, uh, soccer became this sport. And then it went from soccer to like uh, rugby, which is kind of like this dumbed down version. And then it went, you know. And then eventually we got what we watch now in the NFL, which is like this super badass sport with strategy and and quickness and skill. Like you can you can kick the ball, but you can also throw the ball and catch the ball. Yeah. And there's none of this rolling around on the ground whining stuff. Like how do you sleep at night if you're this guy that rolls around? And I want to call attention to one individual. His name is Robbie Keane. He's number seven on the LA, LA Galaxy, which is the team that Beckham plays for. Okay. 31 years old. Five foot nine, 160 pounds, and he was the biggest whining little bitch I've ever seen in my life. He spent literally the whole time shrugging his shoulders, 
running around looking at the refs like what who oh, come on you know and it's like he didn't do anything and then when it was like he was potentially in scoring position he would like get then he would start running and trying to kick the ball and it's like this is that sport that's what it is it's whining and crying there's no skill there's no strategy it's stupid yeah it's just running and if all of the best athletes in the NFL decided to play soccer that would be the best version of soccer in the world <laughs> it would be amazing but they don't because football's better. Very true. Soccer sucks. You so I'm never first. going back. <laughs> Good. I'll never should. watch another Rapids game ever. I don't care. I don't care if it gets big. It's and it's, it's not, not going to. But I don't, don't care. Have to worry it's about dumb. That. It's a waste of time. Sell the team, tear the park down. Yeah, going out to <laughs> Commerce City. Ugh. <laughs> First Colorado Springs and now Commerce City, man. What's wrong with you? Well, okay. I won't take anything back about Commerce City. There's, Commerce City just smells bad there's because no. of the factories and whatnot. Oh, that's the there. smell of money. Yeah, I yeah. guess. I guess. Cool, man. Nice. So you had a horrible experience of the soccer game. It sounds good. Yeah, and then when I was done watching that game, I got to watch another game. Yeah. With yeah, less talented one. soccer players. So you watched soccer. I watched UFC. Yeah. So... Who's the idiot for liking teeny bopper movies now? <laughs> I never said you're an idiot for that. I said you're an idiot for Well, other, I could see it in your face. I said you're an idiot for other things, Nate, not that. <laughs> All right, man. My Nuggets. Who would we rather play? Who would we rather play? The Who Nuggets, of course. Face? Of course, they've sewn like up. Two, right? they, yeah, they've sewn up their uh, ninth playoff appearance. Uh, either going to be sitting as the sixth seed or the seventh seed. Uh, still a very slim chance that they could play one of three teams, but I think we can go ahead and probably eliminate the Clippers from that equation. It's probably not going to happen. It's going to either be between uh, be between the Lakers or the Thunder. Thunder, of course, kicked uh, the Nuggets' butt in the playoffs last year. Somewhat of a similar team. Uh, Wait, the Thunder is similar? Both teams. The Thunder and the Nuggets are both somewhat similar from last year's playoffs. Um for the most yeah, part. Yeah, because what? Nene was probably hurt. Yeah. And we had already gotten rid of Melo, right? Yeah, Aaron Aflalo was injured in that series. I don't know. It, it just doesn't look as good. The Thunder played the Nuggets very tough this season. The Lakers also played the Nuggets very tough. I believe they won the season series 3-1. to one. But if you asked me who the Nuggets could, if you sat down. Well, and, no, no, no. Let me ask you. Who would the Nuggets have a better chance of beating? <laughs> I'm looking Thunder at or the it, Nuggets. The Thunder... Thunder of the Lakers. Thunder, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Thunder or the Lakers. they could beat themselves. I'm sure. I'm sure that could happen because that's that probably is what's going to happen. Is that's why they'll lose the series because they whoa, beat whoa, themselves. Whoa, 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 whoa! Come on, negative right. Nancy. So against the Thunder, I negative would say. Nate? I don't know why I had to say Nancy when your name is Nate. Yeah, I just say negative Nate. You just say Nate. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Thunder. I would say. I don't know. I don't see any way that you could actually rationally say that the Nuggets could win that series. I think against the Lakers, you could make a couple arguments for why the Nuggets could win, so I would much rather see the Lakers in any series over the Thunder. I get it. Yeah. So you're saying the only way the Nuggets get to the second chance is basically by a very, very slim chance that they could beat the Lakers in only a very small circumstance of a situation where you might be able to have uh, some sort of supporting argument. Yeah, I would Does say. That make sense. Yeah, I would I say. If, yeah, kind of, except for the slim chance and the other chance. <laughs> so okay, let me start over. So what you're saying is, <laughs> there's a very slim chance that the Nuggets could have a chance to beat the Lakers, albeit very small, only under certain circumstances that you could make an argument for. Yet that argument does not exist against the Thunder. Correct. Yes, that made that was well said. Well okay, said, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would think against the Thunder, I mean, Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, too much firepower. They're rebounding with Serge Ibaka and uh, Kendrick Perkins. It's just too tough. Nick Collison comes in, does things, you know, just it's, it, it, I don't know, not going to happen, not going to work. I'd see Westbrook and Durant averaging like 25 to 30 points a game and Harden coming in and just destroying whoever the Nuggets put out there for a second unit. Just not a good matchup, not favorable. Uh, against the Lakers, on the other hand, doesn't look good either. You still have, you know, we just found out today that Meta World Peace 
Uh, also known as Ron Artest, going to be suspended for seven games, which means he's going to definitely miss the last game of the season, plus potentially six playoff games. Right? If the Nuggets somehow would play the Lakers and sweep them, then he'd only have missed you know five games, and he'd miss a couple at the beginning of the next year. How come at all other situations where a player is suspended, they have the ability to appeal it and then play during the appeal process? I mean, did that is that the way it works in the NBA? I was kind of I just caught a, a little bit of brief of Mark Stein saying that he def like he wouldn't be able to appeal this or something like it's definitely going to be uh, held up or something. I don't I don't know what exactly the process is, but yeah, sometimes you can do that, um, but it doesn't appear that that's going to be an option for this. Mm-hmm. So, which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess for the Nuggets. So if you look at it now, I mean, the Lakers upgraded from point guard from Derek Fisher to uh, Ramon Sessions. So they have kind of an athletic uh, pass-first point guard that can also score a little bit. Um, what do you think, real quick, what's your opinion of Ron Artest? Uh, I don't know. Like, as far as what? Is a well, basketball I mean, player? Ed, do you, do you detest the guy? Not really. He's kind of one of those, like, almost a lovable knucklehead. He's a knucklehead. Yeah. He's dumb. He's like Tyson in a way. I don't want to say he's dumb. He he does. I think he has problems. with. Would you like, say he's smart? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all I know is what I see of him on the basketball court. And, you know, he's a good player and he does. I don't know if it's just something with his, you know, if it's mental illness or if he's just like he can't control his anger. He just kind of blacks out sometimes. I don't know what it is, but he does make a lot of weird plays on the basketball court. He has a say. failure of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Or excuse me, social intelligence. Yeah, maybe it's emotional. You could say that emotional, social intelligence. And there's just some there's some people too that just you know when they get to be celebrities or famous that just kind of embrace it and they just kind of don't really change who they are. But then you also have some guys you know that are that always kind of keep their guard up. So it's like, what would you rather have? Somebody that's kind of being real and funny, or somebody that keeps their guard up and just tells you, hey, "I'm going to try to win every game." and we're going to go out there and play hard, play as a team, work together. Or did you have Ron Artest who's like, man, I need some medication. I'm crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on. I would me. rather see Ron Artest. I would enjoy watching Ron Artest forearm some guy in the back of the head a million <laughs> times more than I ever want to see Pa, Pa Gasol flop around and give me that whiny, stupid look. Oh, God. I mean, my point is, I don't hate Ron Artest. He seems just kind of like a big, he's like, uh, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Yeah. Know? Just like, we're going to see the rabbits, George. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it just seems dumb. Yeah, and then if you hand him a rabbit, you know he's probably going to kill yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's and like, why would you hand him a rabbit? <laughs> don't you like, knew he was going to kill it. Do not. Yeah, exactly. And then, but Papa Gasol. If you like, handed him a rabbit, Pat would fall down and be like, the yeah. rabbit trying to kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is exactly. that a Spanish accent? The rabbit trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. But the Lakers will still have, you know, they'll still have Kobe Bryant. Still gonna have Pau Gasol. They're still gonna have Andrew Bynum. You could argue that those three guys. You could argue that Kobe and Andrew Bynum are the best player at their positions, shooting guard and center. You could argue that Pau Gasol is still a top five power forward in the NBA, maybe a top five in the West. I don't know, but it's gonna be a daunting task for the Nuggets either way. Uh, with the Lakers, they present so many problems, but. The reason I say that the Nuggets could stand a chance is because they don't have Ron Artest for you know at least probably six games. So that's Danilo Gallinari is going to get maybe an easier cover, but we did see Matt Barnes, who's probably going to step in and start um, or at least play the majority of the minutes. He played great against the Nuggets. He's a you know he works hard on defense. He definitely hits the glass on offensive rebounding, and he's kind of a pest. He's a guy that can annoy you. And Daniel Gallinari, at this point in his career, is definitely somebody that can be bothered by somebody that gets physical with him or tries to get into his head. I can mm-hmm. see him being thrown off by that. But, you know, if the Nuggets push the pace in this in this kind of series, they could definitely outrun slower guys like Andrew Bynum and even Kobe Bryant and Pau Gasol. I mean, they could definitely get some transition baskets. And, you know, people say the game slows down in the playoffs, but George Carl's determined, from what it sounded like in a recent uh, radio interview he's determined to get his team to push the pace so you know you could say that the nuggets could outwork the lakers they could the lakers could have a couple off games here and there where you know maybe kobe has a bad shooting night and the nuggets could steal a couple so you could make a case that they could win that series yeah that's cool i mean it sounds 
promising when there's a very slim chance that the Nuggets could take opportunity of the Lakers having a bad night. And on top of that, you add a coach who is in recent interviews exclaimed that he is dedicated and committed to a strategy that has never once been successful <laughs> in the playoffs ever. So that's cool. That's It's all coming together. Well, like he's saying too, I mean, if, if you look at the power teams in the West, San Antonio and Oklahoma City, would you say that they play more like a team like the Lakers or do they play more like a team like the Nuggets? Wait, who's that again? The Spurs and the Thunder. Like what kind of style do those two teams play? The Spurs or the Thunder? Spurs and the Thunder. Oh, yeah. Well, they're clearly more suited for a half-court playoff run. Maybe I I don't know I don't think I don't think San Antonio I think both those teams are up tempo teams that especially San Antonio they rely on scoring in transition and scoring you know off their defense and creating turnovers that's exactly what the Nuggets do but like you said I mean they do have Tony Parker Manu and Tim Duncan who have all played those grinded out half court games of the old pounding the rock Spurs days so yeah they they can easily switch and transition into half court. Same with the Thunder. The Thunder can go up-tempo, and they can play slow. And it looks to me like the Nuggets are trying to build a team that can do both as well. Because it's not like in the playoffs there's no transition game. I mean, there is. There's but a smaller opportunities. It's just, yeah, and that, but the problem is, is that doesn't translate to a seven-game series. It might translate into a single game, a single night or moments during the games, right? Like, yeah. But I mean, as far as the way the game is played in the playoffs, it it does slow down and you can have that transition all you want, but over that, over a seven game series, it doesn't, it just doesn't work. And you're going to see probably in seven games, you're going to see probably four of those games come down to the last three minutes, right? Where it's like, you have to execute, you can't have any mistakes and you have to, you know, maybe get a couple stops in the half court to stop. Like it's always comes down to that. It's never just a run and gun. We blew this team out by 15 every single game. Right. Especially when you're a, a team like Denver, that's a six seed. It's not like Denver's the one seed and they have more talent and a better strategy than everybody else. I mean, these guys are trying to work to, they're going to have to work to get the Lakers to, you know, Denver's going to have to work to get the tempo up. They're going to have to try to change the Lakers' pace because the Lakers want to play half-court defense and slow Denver down. And it's going to be the case of can the Nuggets you know, impose their will on the Lakers or will the Nuggets try to beat the Lakers at their own game, which is not a good idea. Right. So uh, how many games left? Two. Two games. Yeah. Now you mentioned and you covered in the week in review that there's two ways that the Nuggets can secure – Sixth seed or possibly drop to seventh or eight, right. even eighth? Uh, I think at this point they can only drop to seventh. Okay. and But there's no way they could move up? To fifth? No. None? No. There's, they're like four games behind Memphis. Okay. Cool. So. Well, that'll be fun. When do the playoffs start then? Uh, God, I haven't even seen dates. I think they'll start. Uh, the games are over on the 26th. This is the final day of the season on Thursday. Um, and then the playoffs will probably start uh, this weekend, I would think. Very good. Yeah, either this weekend, like Sunday, Monday, is probably what we're going to be looking at. What channel are those going to be on? Uh, you could probably find most of them on TNT and ESPN. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah, Altitude will definitely also be in there covering some games. I think Altitude can uh, cover alongside ESPN, but I think when TNT has it, they have sole rights for the game. Is there going to be any like uh, NBC Sunday afternoon games or anything? Yeah, we should see some of those, some ABC. Be some of that, right? Yeah, there'll be some There'll be some ABC coverage as well of some games too. That'll so. be nice. I, I'll, I'll root for that now. I want uh, Jeff Van Gundy as much as possible. To? Announce games for ESPN. Oh, I okay. love Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's cool. So. Wait. Is he related to the other Van Gundy? Stan, yeah, they're brothers. Wow. Yeah. Not very similar looking guys. And they're both pretty decent at basketball from what I've uh, read. Believe it or not. Yeah. They both play college ball, I believe, at small schools. They probably should. They probably should have. Stan about 300 pounds ago. (laughs) (laughs) I get the feeling those guys are like the Booze Brothers. I feel like they're... <laughs> Kick a few back, maybe from time to yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, get that impression. Stan drinks the beer. Uh, I can see probably Jeff drinking like scotch or something. I think they're both probably pretty into much anything. <laughs> They'll drink anything. Ah, <laughs> oh, yikes! All right, 
How is the NBA Rookie of the Year Award decided? Do you know? Do you have insight into this? Or, I mean, this was a topic you uh, wanted to bring up. I'm not yeah. that familiar with it. But I don't know exactly how it's decided. What I want to get into is how we think it should be decided. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I don't know. I had I was talking with a friend earlier today, and we were just kind of talking about you know Kenneth Freed's Kenneth Freed's chances of winning rookie, rookie of the year, and just kind of going through you know, hitting on different, different things. And, you know, Kenneth Reed obviously is starting for the Nuggets. He's, he's been here. He's been starting. He's averaging 10 points, seven rebounds. He's got a, a per, which is a John Hollinger stat of 22.08, which is very high for a rookie, I which mean, is a per is high for any kind of player, which means what player efficiency rating. And that is how much time they're actually on the court. Uh, per is it's determined. It's like fifty different things that Hollinger puts together for a formula, like oh, shooting percentages, like the quarterback minutes, rating. And, yeah, yeah. It's basically like your quarterback rating in football. Not a big year for rookies this year, was it? I don't know. I mean, there's definitely been some impact guys, but you look at Fareed. You know, he started out of these sixty-six games. Right now, he's played in forty-four, so he's going to have a chance to play in forty-six out of the sixty-six. Started thirty-seven games. But he's starting for a team that, you know, was floundering, a team that traded their starting power forward because of this guy's presence. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy then came into the starting lineup, solidified it. He gives the Nuggets a dimension that they've never had on the rebounding end, you know, that they haven't had probably since, you know, Marcus Camby was around, since Chris Anderson had his big season during the Western Conference Finals run. But, I mean, this guy can change a game, and it's like, should he get – more attention for rookie of the year than say somebody like Kyrie Irving of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, Kyrie's, you know, has about the same per of 21.43. So he's in the same ballpark as Kenneth. They're both way ahead of other rookies, but his team is so terrible, but it's like, how much, how, how much should that weigh into the decision? Well, the impact of the player plus based upon my limited knowledge of the process, the rookie of the year, I think is determined by the beat writers in every NBA city. They have a vote. Yeah. Media gets a vote on this. Yeah. But that's the only vote, right? There's no coaches influence. There's no peers, right? It's just straight up journalists. Yes. So, okay. We know Benjamin Hockman might have that vote or maybe is it Chris Dempsey? Yeah. One of those two. One of those two. Maybe they get to collaborate and, and put in their vote. Guys like Bill Simmons has a vote on this kind of stuff. Does too he now? Yeah. So, so he's a like a media guy for Boston. Then the Boston market. Does he write for a newspaper? No, I think they they give it to some national dudes too. Oh, they like, do. Yeah, some like Michael Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser, I believe, both have votes. You know, all those guys you'll see on ESPN, like uh, Pardon the Interruption, and they uh, get votes for and, the NBA Rookie of the Year and Around the Horn. I believe so. Yeah. Well, because they get okay, MVP, so, they have MVP votes. I know that. So for sure, but. now now we're dwindling the chances of Kenneth Fareed winning this even more, because the real question is not is Kenneth Fareed uh, deserving or this Ky- Kyrie Irvin deserving. I mean, he's in Cleveland. That's even more of a With 21 wins. But he's the favorite right now. Everybody thinks that Kyrie Irving's probably going to win it. OK, so he must be pretty good. But the bottom line is you need to ask few questions is there any other players in contention from the knicks or the yeah the Heat knicks have like a monster the lakers or all these teams like like the, or the bulls uh you know if there's any player like that in those markets that is in the running then they're gonna win it and there's not really like this year it's really coming down to like kyrie irving from cleveland probably Derek williams from minnesota who's Probably a long shot. Uh, you could look at a guy like Kawhi Leonard for San Antonio that's having a nice season for them off the bench. Kenneth Freed in Denver who's actually starting. But then it's like I'm, I'm just kind of glancing at the standings and I'm trying to just look at teams and see if a rookie pops into my head for an impact player. And I don't really get them besides like the Knicks have Amon Schumpert, but he's not, no, he's not really garnering that much interest. I'm just kind of looking at it and I'm like, man, what well, what should it be though? Should it be they were giving it to a guy like Kyrie Irving that's you know playing a ton of minutes because he has to because they have nobody else and he's supposed to be their savior. So he's averaging 18 points. He's got them 21 wins. They're nowhere near the playoff hunt. Or should it be somebody like Kenneth Fareed that's a rookie that's playing well that 
has established himself as a starter for his team for years down the road now. You know, like what's the what's more important there? What should be more important? But then I think What if you're a fan of the Cavs and, you know, Cleveland and you're sitting there and you're pumped about Kyrie Irving. Well, we saw Kyrie and Irving then, come to Denver and, and win somebody, a game for him. And then somebody says, you know, Kenneth Fareed should get it. And they're gonna be like, Who is Kenneth Fareed? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think by now most people in the NBA more so than just casual fans. Like a lot of casual fans should know who he is by now, just from Sports Center. You know, if you're watching Sports Center, or if you, I don't know. But I, I mean, Kyrie Irving did come to Denver and won the game. I mean, he hit the last second shot. Uh, then Ty Lawson missed his shot. Kyrie Irving blocked that, fouled him, whatever. But you know, I mean, he's he's definitely good. And then I then I think too, like, well, what if you took Kyrie Irving and put him on this Nuggets team and took Ty Lawson off of it, like? Would they still be a playoff team? Yeah, quite possibly. Maybe they would be. But then if you took Irving off Cleveland's team and you gave them Kenneth Freed, they'd still probably be toiling, you know, at, at 21 wins or maybe less. I don't know. Mm. Like, I don't know how much of an impact he would have on that team versus what Irving's done. Interesting. So That's a good way to look at it, and that's what you'd like to think that these guys who are voting on this think of, right? Yeah. I just don't get the impression that is how they think about these things. No. You know, I mean – I think there's an inclination to, especially, I mean, Cleveland to me is like in the middle of nowhere, but it's basically right up there in all the Eastern area. It's part of that region. I mean, it's certainly closer to New York than it is to, you know, Denver. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I just, you know, Denver just gets kind of forgotten about and left out of these national conversations. If you look at the last, uh, the last like probably big rookie of the year race, or at least one that hits home with with Denver fans, was the race between LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. You know that's Cleveland and Denver again. I don't even know if Kenneth's in the in the running seriously for rookie of the year. I'm just saying that he should be because he's a hell of a player and, and whatever. But if you look at that year, you know Cleveland and Denver. The season before they got LeBron and Melo, they both had they both finished with 17 wins, identical records. The next season. Uh, the Western Conference was more competitive. The Nuggets actually earned a playoff spot. They went from 17 wins to 43. Uh, Cleveland went from 17 wins to somewhere in the 30s. I don't exactly remember. And uh, Melo took his team to the playoffs for the first time since, I think, 95, 96 season. And he did not win Rookie of the Year. LeBron James won it. And it was obviously there. Uh, it was just a popularity contest. I mean, it was the, the stats were like there you go. negligible. There so you go. So it was like... Yeah, it's like, man, that's just – and this season – Sorry, know, Kenneth Fareed. Yeah, you're just – You're screwed. Yeah, Kyrie Irving was, you know, you the number one overall – You go walk your ass down to second place rookie of the year. Yeah, Irving was the number one overall pick. He's having a, a good year for Cleveland, and there's probably no way that he's not going to lose it. But, God, I'd love to see Kenneth at least get some – at least get enough votes to garner some respect. Yeah, and then he'd go play for another team next year. <laughs> his rookie deals up and he just leaves to a bigger market let's just like, keep him thanks. keep him quiet here <laughs> keep him quiet <laughs> i like it all right good stuff you want to take a break and come back and talk about the broncos yeah let's do it man all right I don't think it's any coincidence that Brian Dawkins released his or announced his retirement just a couple days before the draft. Do you? No, it seems like a, a Brian Dawkins move. Yeah. He seems like more. I mean, the more uh, I think about him as a player, I, I spent so many years n not liking him that much just because of the team for whom he played. But the, the more I know about him, the more I've, uh, just seeing him around, you know, around here in the media and, and doing interviews. And he uh, literally seems like just a once in a lifetime player, like a player that can't be matched. You can only compare him to guys that are thought of as the greatest at their position. Ray Lewis comes to mind, you know, yeah. is that type of player. Champ Bailey comes to mind. 
Um, Brian Dawkins more so probably as a leader than champ. I mean, Brian Dawkins is the leader. Probably the reason why the Broncos had the season they did last year. If I really think about it, Brian Dawkins was probably the difference. Even though, yeah, even though he he didn't play in that final stretch, just like, I don't know, just his leadership alone, you know, and just having having him there almost as a as a player coach was probably, yeah, I mean, it was probably key for that defense and just what he was able to teach the younger guys off the field was, you know, probably amazing. Yeah. Something that, God, it would have been cool to see like the Broncos on hard knocks last year, you know? Yeah. I wish they wouldn't have turned that down, but understandably so why they did. Why do you think he retired? Well, I mean, God, like, I'm just I'm just kind of looking at an article, the, the injury thing, the neck thing. What I mean? Well, I'm looking at an article, and he's he did express that he he felt that he could probably play. It wasn't the neck injury. He even a uh, quote from him here says, "It's probably going to sound crazy, but you know the fact that I could play another year gave me a lot of peace to say that this is it." So knowing that it was an injury that took him out, that he kind of went out on his own terms, is something that I think a lot of players hope that they'll have after 16 seasons in the NFL. Like, that's crazy. And like Elway said here as well, he's like, it's always tough to take that final step. You know, he went through the exact same things, you know, battling with Elway easily could have come back and tried to go for the, the three-peat, you know? I mean, I think about that, but I also think I, I kind of feel like Elway was just damn near hobbled towards the end of his career. Yeah. I mean, like, Literally another season could, I mean, he could be, be like in a wheelchair. I mean, L.A. was as tough as they come as a player, and he was able to put up with so much punishment throughout his entire career by the guys guys kind of like Brian Dawkins. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I, I, bigger I always, guys like Derek Thomas. Yeah, I always yeah. talk about that. It's like the Broncos could have been, you know, a dynasty with another year or two. But that process, that season is a long and harrowing process, and it's brutal. And there's probably – Especially for both those positions, man. Quarterback where you're taking the hits and then safety where you're delivering those hits. And, I mean, with safety too, you just have to not care about your body. You have to just know that, you know, it's so cliche, but each final snap could be your last. And nobody played that way more so than Brian Dawkins. Nobody. I mean, that guy was a freak, man. So and, let me ask you this. Dawkins was on the Broncos for three years, right? Yeah, I think so. Three years. Do the Eagles sign him for a day for uh, so he can retire an Eagle? A symbolic gesture, similar to Steve, Steve Atwater. Atwater. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is that is that that important? Well, I'm just curious because I saw something on an. I, I just saw a blurb on it. I don't know if it was on Twitter or on the radio. But they were talking about Brian Dawkins' comments about another Bronco wearing number 20. And it's like, uh, I, I mean, I understand. I love Brian Dawkins. He's here for three years. But do, is he our player? Is he a Denver player? When he goes to the Hall of Fame, he most certainly won't be inducted as a Bronco, will he? No, and people will never really remember you know, the NFL fan, Denver fans will never forget him, but the NFL fan will never think of Brian Dawkins as being a Denver Bronco. It's, I mean, there's a laundry list of players that, you know, that finish their career somewhere else, but you never really think of him as being there. And Dawkins definitely won't be remembered as a Denver Bronco. He didn't have his, his prime time years here. He kind of had, you know, a couple seasons of his twilight. So yeah, I, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool, I guess, if he went back and signed with them for a day, if that's Well, I didn't think it would be cool, into, but uh, clearly that'll happen, right? I mean, you agree? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what, what kind of terms he left on and, you know, if it's important to him or if he's somebody that he seems kind of like somebody that may move on uh, from, a, from a location and maybe not turn back or want to go back. I don't know. Yeah, well. I don't know. We'll sure miss him here, though. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's definitely going to go back and do the whole thing. Maybe. I mean, the first thing Ray Bork did when he won the Stanley Cup was drive it to Boston. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that's the, I mean, that's the way it goes. His money's in, in Philly. That's where he can go and do car commercials for the rest of his life. Been seeing him a lifetime, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're just sad because you're not gonna. You never had that chance. You had the chance to go talk to him, and you didn't. Yeah, never did. <laughs> but Dawkins retiring definitely uh, gives the Broncos a little. 
I don't know. I mean, even even if Dawkins would have come back next year, I think the Broncos still know what they needed to do with this upcoming draft on Thursday, right? Right. So what do you think? Well, I was I was just kind of curious as to uh, you know maybe what some of the some of the experts out there were thinking. Like I was kind of like to check Mel Kiper. Well, I wasn't prepared to talk about it, but I guess I will. Go ahead, ask me. Okay. Oh, you weren't talking about me. No, I was. Oh, you're the oh, third gotcha. guy. You're the third guy that I typically <laughs> check with. But I, I don't even know the other dude's name on ESPN that's trying to take Mel's job that Mel hates, and like you know he kind of looks at him like condescendingly. All Mel the time. Kiper, the guy who just literally lives for the draft every year. Yeah, but who's the new guy on ESPN that's been there for the last few years? No idea. Uh, Todd McShay, I believe, is his name. Todd McShay. Let me go to the NFL thing here. I have no idea who that guy is. Really? Yeah, Todd McShay. He uh, he's been trying to take, <laughs> been trying to take Kuiper's job for years. Kuiper uh, rips him any chance that he gets, rolls his eyes. He's not as bad as he used to be. I think he's actually starting to respect him a little bit, probably because his uh, percentages for accuracy during the draft are way <laughs> higher than Mel's. But so I was kind of curious. Is this I'll, one of those like? Uh, I mean, clearly I haven't, I haven't watched ESPN for years. Is it like a manufactured little? No, I don't I think mean, so. I think, Mel's, I think Mel really loves his job and doesn't want anybody to have it. And now that this little punk is coming in trying to take it, Mel's <laughs> like, hey, you haven't had to sit here for 30 years and had GMs rip you during the draft. And they're like, well, Mel didn't think that this guy could play. Well, Was it Merrill right? Hodge and John Clayton that have their hatred? Yeah, that's manufactured for sure. So, but this one, no, this one, no. This one's definitely Yeah, real. yeah, yeah. This one's real. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you can just kind of see it when you watch them, like, and they're side-by-sides. Not so much anymore. The first year, it was really bad. Like, Mel was like, where'd you guys find this? It was almost like he was wanting to say that. Like, where'd you find this clown? He doesn't know anything. Who is he? And now that he's been there, I think Mel's just kind of like, I, I guess I just have to live with him, and we're going to have two draft expert, experts now on ESPN. <laughs> but uh, so This town isn't big enough for both of us. Yeah, so both of those guys, their uh, mock drafts are locked on ESPN Insider, which I no longer pay for because what's the point of paying for $80 a year to have ESPN Insider? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a ripoff. I always saw that little orange thing that said, in $80 a year isn't that bad, is it? Not really, but it's fun to just go on a tirade for no reason, right? So yeah, I won't pay it. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't pay to, it either. Uh, By the way, I wouldn't pay it either. I went to I our. I refuse f- to pay for stuff. Yeah, you don't have cable and you have a laundry list of stuff you don't pay for, mm-hmm. but you have a lava lamp for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I uh, got that for free. So our good friends over at uh, the Mile High Report are doing their uh, always interesting fan mock draft or commenter mock draft where they I think they vote on the picks that are coming up or something. I don't know exactly how it works, but I'm checking it out because I wanted to see who they had the Broncos taking. Um, And right away, I was completely unsure if I should trust this thing because with the number three pick. Because the website is based in Cleveland? uh, (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's Mile High Report. Writing from you every day from the beautiful streets of Cleveland. I love the Mile High Report. I didn't say I didn't. You guys do a great job. I didn't say I didn't. It's the best Broncos website based out of Cleveland. (laughs) It really is. So the number three pick in their draft, though, is Trent Richardson, the running back from Alabama, and they have him going to the Minnesota Vikings, which why would the Vikings draft Trent Richardson when they have Adrian Peterson? So I was kind of confused Why would anybody ever draft a running back, period? Ever. In the first round? Yeah. They're dispensable. You just plug them into an offense that works. You can have anybody go out there and have – you know, you can running back by committee is the standard, and the Broncos invented it. Yeah, so that got me a little little worried about their mock draft uh, coming in at number twenty five. It has the Denver Broncos taking Jarrell Worthy, defensive tackle from Michigan State, and it always uh, confuses me when mock drafts have my teams taking guys that I have no clue who they are because it's not it's not like the sexy pick, you know, like it's not a wide receiver or a quarterback. Or like a big time linebacker to de tackle, where you're like, eh, he might be good. I mean, is he just a big fat guy, or is he just a big strong fat guy, or you know, who is this guy? I saw something on Twitter the other day. It might have been Lindsey Jones, possibly tweeted it. She said, "Sources inside the Broncos say Broncos will draft based on impact, not necessarily need." Well, that's how like, you should always draft. What does that even draft. mean? Like, what does that even mean? It means they're going to draft the best talent available versus drafting the position that they need the most. That's stupid. No, it isn't. I mean, it's not stupid to do that. It's stupid to think that there's a difference. 
Oh. A player that has the best impact is the player you need. I, like, what are you going to do? Go in there and just find, I'm going to find the perfect player in a draft to fill holes in my team. <laughs> and then, therefore, I'm just going to plug in this rookie who's never played a down in the NFL. And then that's going to be the solution to it. No, you'd rather have a guy who's three years into the league and mediocre than a rookie who's not the best possible player. Yeah, like Cam Newton. That guy was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Think of one instance where that's not true. But, if, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not saying we have Peyton Manning that we try and pick the best quarterback, but if we're in the 25th, 25th pick, you know, you don't, you know, what, what, who do you pick? You pick, you know. Yeah, it's the, not like you're getting a high, high. Well, you're getting, a, you're getting a pretty good impact player, but it's not like you're getting, yeah, like it's not like you're saying, well, Andrew Luck or Robert Griffin third. you know. It's like, yeah, you're kind of tempering your. Aspect. No, you pick the best guy, not necessarily by the specific position, but in an area. Right? Yeah, I mean, you don't, go, yeah, you you don't just draft a quarterback offense, there. Right? right? You could pick the best wide receiver if he's there, even though we have a capable receiver and an almost capable receiver on our team. You could pick the best uh, safety now or best cornerback. You can, you can do whatever, but you pick the best athlete. You pick the guy that has the best head on his shoulders and has the best skills. Yeah, among I mean, it's not like the Broncos only need one position either, right? It's not like the Broncos are like, well, we – we only need defensive tackles, so when it gets to us there, if it's you know if this awesome offensive player is available, we're not going to take him because we're going to take whatever defensive tackle we need there. The only place you don't need to draft is the quarterback. Yeah, like the Broncos need help across the board, so they basically, could use it. They could use it. We're not disparaging any particular player. Yeah, but they could use help anywhere. And whatever guy that they take. You have to believe that they I mean they took him for a reason. They believe that he is the best available player for that position. So, you know, if you want to keep trusting the organization and you think that uh, Elway is the man for the job and then he's been doing a good job in the draft, which he he's kind of could shown. Not argue any differently, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you just got to trust whatever they take and know that that player, whoever it is, is selected for a purpose for sure. Right. Yeah, and say you do pick a, uh, a position that we already have an established guy. Like uh, maybe somebody that would possibly compete with Von Miller. Let's just say. Yeah. What better way to light a fire under somebody's ass than bring in some guy that could potentially compete for that? It's not a very likely scenario. Right. But, again. Yeah, you should never shy away from a guy just because you think you have that, that position stocked up. Right. Right. Differentiating between impact and need is stupid. It's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's just more stuff for Mel Kuyper and just for people to write. Yeah. Todd like, McShay. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it though, it's kind of funny. If you look at the NBA draft, there was that season where the Timberwolves took three point guards in the first round. <laughs> so it's like one of these guys has got to pan out. Right. And it's like, why don't you guys draft some other players? Like you need some tall guys too. Right. Like now nah, we're just going to keep taking point guards. And yeah, they actually traded Ty Lawson to the Nuggets that year, which is cool. But yeah. yeah, I mean with the Broncos, this drill worthy guy, I have no clue who he is, but I do know from watching a little college football that Michigan state had a good defense. And it started with them having a good run defense. So, you know, if this big D tackle was there and they took him, I'd, I'd probably be kind of excited about it because I'd be like, hey, Michigan State, I know they had pretty good success on the defensive side. And the Broncos thought this guy was uh, going to be the best available player at the number 25 spot. So, Who was the last player? Answer this quickly. Don't, don't think about it. Just be like, right off the top of your head, remember where you were the last time you heard um, uh, about a Broncos draft pick that you were just like so stoked about. You were just like, yes. Uh, Clinton Portis. Really? Yeah. Well, that was a while ago. That <laughs> was a while ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think that that was the first one that popped in my head. I remember when they took him in like the beginning of the second round, I was like, yeah, because he was, yeah. I thought he was amazing for Miami and he was definitely uh, underused there. He was like the beginning of the end for this notion of having a franchise running back. Yeah, and he was like the first dude that the Broncos really showed that you don't need that kind of player when they traded him for Champ Bailey, right? Like, yes. we don't need this franchise back. We want a franchise corner, and we'll just get whoever the hell we want back here to yeah, run just it. Just get anybody. You just plug him in. Yeah. Just whatever. You need a guy for one day, <laughs> just bring him in. <laughs> Who's that dude from or that uh, little Griffin guy we had? Quentin Griffin for Quentin. like a couple oh, games at Oklahoma. He had a few games. Like he, I remember he had a, a night against the Chiefs where he rushed for like 150 and a couple touchdowns. I picked him up on fantasy. <laughs> he was great for like two or three weeks, and then that was basically in his Broncos career. <laughs> Mike Bell, Mike Anderson, Tatum Bell. God, let's Peyton Hillis. 
Peyton Ellis. Uh, gosh, some of those. Von There's Hebron, been so, so many, many running, running backs. backs through here. And uh, we always seem to have a pretty decent running game. Now, I was going to say mine was Jay Cutler. The last time where I was just – I got a text message. I never really watched the draft, but uh, I got a buddy. Oh, my God. I watched like I remember when we got Jay Cutler, <laughs> I got a text message, and I was so excited because he just seemed like, again, based on statistics and success and – kind of his the perception of him as a player. I didn't really know. Yeah, his potential. Yeah, he just seemed like a solid quarterback. I didn't know he was a prima donna douchebag. Well, and it's like Mike Shanahan trading up to get a quarterback. You kind of thought, wow, he must really see something in this kid. Mm-hmm. But the thing that sucked about that, I watch every draft. I'm on my couch for the first day, like the whole day. I watch every pick. Um, that sounds boring. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. We get a lot of food, some beers, your buddies. You, like, you pre and Colin sick this week then? No, uh, I didn't. You just do it Thursday morning, huh? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Flaking out. But uh, <laughs> well, the great thing now, Ross, is there's a thing called DVRs on cable boxes. Oh, you, probably so don't, you're gonna, you probably don't know So you're going to hear about all the draft picks and then go watch it and pretend to not know? No. Or you're just going to snot? Like watch Twitter or I'll probably be working, but one of my coworkers is a huge. Uh, he's from Baltimore, big Ravens fan, so he's probably going to be wanting to talk to me about the draft as it's going down a little bit. So, but I do what remember was your, what was your point about the DVR say, again? Then I remember when Cutler was drafted. I love DVR because you know that VCR before that too. You could have done. Oh, that. I used to tape. I have the NBA <laughs> draft with Mellow taped. <laughs> but uh, the great thing with or the weird thing with Cutler was they only had like three highlights of him from Vanderbilt that they played. So I was like, let's see this guy. And like, they didn't really show any like great highlights of him. I was like, I can't determine anything off these three damn highlights they have. I never saw this guy play in college. Like that kind of sucked, but I always like it when they draft somebody that I know that I've seen or watched. Like that's always cool. I remember the Nuggets drafting Jalen Rose and just being so ecstatic about that. I remember Clinton Portis being drafted and being oh, really happy Rose. about that. Jalen Rose somewhere up here. Jalen my jersey, yeah. Jalen Rose jersey. That was sweet, but it's always yeah, it's always harder when they draft somebody that you don't really know or isn't like a sexy player, you know, like a skill position. Um, but you know, whatever, it should be interesting. Broncos definitely have uh, their work cut out for them. Definitely have I, a lot of picks coming up. I do want to correct a statement I said earlier. I said the only position that the Broncos don't need to look at in the draft or improve upon at all is quarterback. Yeah, Caleb Haney. Course, booyah. Of course, I also meant uh, punter and place kicker. Yes. We'll add those two in. Lock down. Lock them in. Best Long snapper, teams. too. That guy did a tremendous job, whoever he is. Oh, is that the guy who broke his leg last season? Hey, I hope not. Yeah, that was the guy. What was his name? It's not Mike Leach anymore, is it? No. <laughs> Remember, he broke his leg. It was so sad. A big guy down there. Yeah, kind of. He's kinda. the long snapper. I don't know. It's like John Jones. John Bones Jones. John. <laughs> broke his bones, Jones. Oh, John broke his bones, Jones. Chris Jones. I don't know. Anyway. Whoever he was, get well soon because you were great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That about wraps it up. What do you think? Anything else we need to add here? Man, Thursday, if you're watching, if you're looking for somewhere to watch the draft. Oh, yes. Why not go out to Jake's Food and Spirits? Watch the draft out there, and you can also uh, heard there's something going on out there, Ross. Yeah, so there's a um, there's we're a sports podcast here in Denver, and there's other podcasts that talk about specific sports, but there's another podcast in town, believe it or not, that talks about sports radio, and they're having their hundredth episode this week, and they're recording it from Jake's. Yes, Andrew Feinstein's establishment. Your good buddy. Yeah, and they do a great job. I've been listening to them for a while. Those guys over there, Colin, John, and uh, the new guy, Scott, right? Yeah, the producer. The producer. Great podcast. Check out their podcast. If you want to go and have some fun, eat some good food, they're doing a little party on Thursday nights. We want to go ahead and uh, show some respect to those guys because it's their 100th episode. Yeah, they'll be doing their 100th episode there along with, uh, I'm sure they'll have the draft on as well so you can... uh, Stay for the hundredth recording of that. Maybe do some. Uh, maybe they'll have some participation going on. Something for the fans there, and then uh, hang out and watch. Uh, watch and see who the Broncos select, and then you know if you're crazy, you can also watch the Nuggets play in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wait, there. wait. Does the draft start at night? I believe they've moved it to prime time in the oh, last couple of years, man. I didn't realize that. Yeah, 
That's why you don't have to do the pre-call and sick to do it in the morning. And oh. all that. I kind of forgot about that too. Yeah, I think they I, changed it to prime time like two years ago or something. Okay, I got it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, so uh, who uh, who should we dedicate this episode to? Thirty-eight. We're closing in on uh, a year here, pretty quick here in the next couple of months. Oh man, that's right, huh? That's crazy. A year. Uh, episode thirty-eight. What do you got, man? What do you think? I think we should dedicate it to Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, uh, class there. guy. Love the guy. I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss his intensity. I'm gonna miss his as he walks into the stadium and does this crazy dance. Uh, or whatever that is, some sort of love his entrance. Yeah, better it's than like the Ray Wolverine Lewis. Wolverine crawl or something. Better than Ray Lewis. Yeah, and Ray Lewis has one of the best ones. Yeah, that's a tough call saying that that one's better, but it is. It's better. It's not tough. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, his is more of like an animalistic crawl in to where Ray Lewis is just kind of like a ballerina twirling spin thing. Ray Lewis is a murderer. Jeez, I love Ray Lewis. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> All right, man, episode 38. This is for you, Brian Dawkins. Thanks for being in the NFL for 16 years. We'll be here next week. <laughs>